0: Jason Waller here. True Underdog podcast and YouTube channel. Listen. Make sure you subscribe today. You can go to iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can go to our YouTube channel, True Underdog, or you can visit trueunderdog.com and subscribe to all of it. True Underdog. Jason Waller here, True Underdog Podcast. I'm super excited about our guest today, Heather Monahan. Listen, Heather's a best selling author, keynote speaker, entrepreneur, and founder of Boss and Heels. She's successfully climbed the corporate ladder for nearly 20 years. Heather Monahan is one of the few women to break the glass ceiling and claim her spot in the C suite. Heather, I'm so glad to have you on. How are you doing?
1: I'm great. How are you doing? I'm
0: doing fantastic. So we got to catch up a little bit before we started, and I was trying to figure out. I mean, you've got a great story, and uh, you've really built a, a, a great platform for people to be motivated, learn from what you're doing, learn how to overcome adversity, learn that when you get really high and then you fall down, how to get back up and recreate yourself. And I'm excited to kind of share that story. I mean, this is this is next level because you have done so many great things, and you just announced to me recently what was the deal you just did recently? You were talking about.
1: Yeah, I just signed with HarperCollins Leadership for my new book, Leapfrogging Villains, to come out in 2021.
0: Leapfrogging Villains. I love that. What's that going to be about?
1: So the, I've been creating content around, first of all, I was fired three years ago from corporate America, right, from my chief revenue officer position. That's all I ever knew was success in corporate America. And when I had to redefine myself, the first thing I did was write a book. So fast forward three years to where I am today. What I've learned during this journey is the best content I can create is answering the questions people ask me on DMs and comments on posts and whatnot, because that's what they want to hear. So I hear all the time, how did you get from fired to where you are now? So I wrote a book exactly laying out everything that I did, the steps I took, the fails I had, the wins I had, and how I made it happen.
0: That's great. I and mean, look, in today's world, I think everybody, I have a motto, it's called no elevator in life, right? It's what I always say. There's no cheat sheet to get to the top. And it seems like those three years since you've been fired from corporate America, I spent about this much time in corporate America. I, I've done Verizon, First Union, I did those things. But people like yourself and me, we feel caged. We talked about that. There's so much more out there. So what seemed might that, that might have been devastating turned to a blessing for you you've then mapped that out for other people and you've climbed those steps. And I know that you love to share that information and empower people out there, entrepreneurs, people that want to grind, and especially females. I mean, in today's world, it's so important that females are able to really be the future of the entrepreneurs. It's always been kind of like, oh, it's a little bit here. Even in our company, we've had a couple C level executives that are females, and we are always like looking for the next great, you know, great female to come in and kick some ass and take things to the next level. But to see your story, I want to start with. How did that begin? How did you get to your corporate level position so high? I've seen you've been sales executive of the year and you're a salesperson, which I can relate. I love sales. And then you got to the top at CRO. What, what did that look like? What, who did you work with? How did that start?
1: Yeah, I started out poor. So when I was nine years old, I started Paper Root. Then that led to busing tables at a diner, which led to fast food restaurants, which was waiting tables, which led to higher end restaurants, waiting tables, which led to bartending. So that all happened from nine to 2021 till I graduated college. What I didn't realize at the time was I was perfecting the art of sales and relating with people, right? I I just thought I was hustling and working, but I was really fine tuning and getting a strategic advantage around these other people that were just maybe born wealthy, whatever, and getting jobs. I was walking in. I knew how to sell to people. I knew customer service. I knew how to relate to people. I had a really high EQ I didn't think I had a high IQ, but I knew that I could emotionally understand people and empathize with them, help them solve their problems. And if I could do that, I would deliver revenue. So I got into the gala winery right out of college and became the number one salesperson and boom, sexually harassed. I was Uh, not confident back then. So I just quit and I said, I said, I'm out of here went to work in the radio business and met a great guy who, you know, my whole thing back then was, as long as you don't hit on me, we're gonna be fine. And he was a great guy, married, good human being. And he said, if you're driven by money, which I was, because I grew up poor, he said, I will make you rich if you do what I tell you. And he taught me a lot around how to drive revenue quickly and how to advance myself in a 12 month period. He said, why don't you go run an operation for me? I proved myself. Obviously, I became his top seller that first year. It wasn't handed, but he saw something in me. And because he saw that in me, it made me feel more committed to delivering for him. I took over a $25 million property, property in Saginaw, Michigan. And in under two and a half years, we sold it for $55 million, netted our team $30 million. And I made a nice, you know, sizable amount of money for myself at a very young age. I leveraged that to go to a. How, hey,
0: how old were you at that time?
1: Twenty-seven. When we cashed I mean, out of the deal,
0: that's a big deal. I mean that that's yeah. a, I mean that's big time. And moving, you know, where where were you raised? Did you say you were
1: Worcester, Massachusetts?
0: Massachusetts, and then you go to Michigan, my beloved Michigan. It's cold and probably as gray as Massachusetts. We would agree, right? Yeah. And then you get that deal, 27. That's solid. Okay, go ahead. I just wanted to know your age. So that's good. Yeah, I know.
1: That really put me on the map in regards to, you want to have some type of tangible credibility, right? When you showcase and highlight your wins, this was something I could point to to say, I was able to do this at a young age. I can do more. So I went to a larger company. I took a step back and took a smaller role for less, a lot less money. And I did that because I saw opportunity within the organization. I could see the organization did not have high level talent. So I knew if I could get in, I could get up. And sometimes you have to do that.
0: You have this intuition. So two times now you saw an opportunity where you saw that if you hooked up with this guy to give you the guidance and he was a great guy and he showed you the way you trusted him, you did that. Then you took a step back because you had the intuition to see further past what was gonna happen. A lot of people struggle with that. You saw, hey, if I do this, that map is gonna get me a lot further in that company. That's a big, I mean- What was that like to notice that?
1: You brought up two things people need to recognize. One is you have to listen to your intuition. You have to listen to yourself. It's the most important voice you will ever have. Everyone else told me, you're crazy. You were just making all this money and now you're going to go work for 150,000 a year. Everyone around me was trying to protect me, saying you're selling yourself short. I listened to me and I thought, "Mm, they don't see what I'm seeing, right? So listen to you and tune out the noise don't take advice from people who haven't been where you're going. That's like the most important thing I could tell anyone about, about getting ahead in business. It, the other thing is working for good people. So I learned the hard way. If you go to work for bad people, you're going to have a bad experience. And to me, it's critical that you don't have to work for the smartest person in the world. Sometimes it's beneficial not to, because you can know that, Hey, I can leapfrog this situation quickly, but at least they're good people. You want to work around good people who don't want to harm you, don't want to do negative things to you. So I learned those two lessons early. Listen to me over everything and work with good, nice people who want to help you and take care of you. And I did that. I went to work for a great guy at a publicly traded company. I pitched myself for a job that didn't exist for VP of sales. And I was awarded the position based upon, you know, I gave him a trajectory that we were going to experience from a revenue standpoint. Based upon a one-year window that I worked in a very small position for them. I said, I'm going to extrapolate this, this situation that you've seen across your entire organization. They gave me the job and we did that.
0: I see that. That is that, so that where, where did you take that company to the next level? This is how old are you at that time?
1: So I I was there from the time I was 40 till I was 43. No, 30 to 43, 13 years, 14 years. And we were billing 100 million annually when I arrived. And we more than doubled that company's revenues in a declining industry, right? So not only economy, but also industry, the radio industries declined massively during that time. So we were one of the only radio companies that was accelerating revenue and growth during that time. I was named one of the most influential women in radio July of 2017. And I was fired August 1st of 2017.
0: What's that like? I mean, what was that experience like? You're at the top of the world. You took this job. Everyone doubted all the naysayers. You're proving them wrong. You had the intuition. You had the vision. You grinded. You proved results. You kept moving up. You kept making more money. You think you've got the world by the, the horns here. And all of a sudden, bam, this happens. What what happened?
1: Well, you know what's funny is when I hear you describe it, it reminds me I have a 13-year-old son, as you know, we talked about. And my son used to say, Mom, you don't like going to work anymore. And there was a window those last couple of years where someone negative came into my space, my inner circle at a high level at the company. So the structure was changing and evolving, which happens at a lot of companies, right? You're either bought or acquired by another company, you get a new boss, you get there's the team, the C-suite changes. And when that happened, someone really negative that didn't like me came into my space and started chipping away at my confidence. I allowed it to happen, I accept full responsibility. I didn't stand up and shine my light more, which is what I should have done. I decided, hey, I'm going to shrink back. I make a lot of money. I've got, I'm have got, i a single mom. Like I've got a lot to take care of. I'll just shrink back a little bit. She'll get her footing. All is well. We'll move on. But I was wrong when I shrunk back a bit. She increased in size, which made my life more negative at work. She took more control. It, it really shifted things in a very negative way that Had I run it differently earlier on, there would have been a different outcome, but you know, it still worked out great because in the end she gets promoted to CEO when her dad gets sick, she took over, she fired me immediately. I was suddenly unemployed at 43 years old when I was a high performing individual who had only had success in business. And I had to really recalibrate what is meaningful. I thought my paycheck was meaningful, my title, my team. And I started realizing, wait a minute, I'm still me. Like all the good that I brought to that company and delivered, I'm still walking away with. It took me a little while to figure this out. But then once I finally did figure it out, I decided, you know what, I need to post about this and put it on social media that I was just fired because people will want to know I'm available. So that was my next move.
0: So 43 years old, how old your son at the time you get fired? Nine. Nine, single mom. Used to making some bank right that you've earned and grinded to get there and changed and catapulted the company to where it was. You were a big part of that. And you get fired for unknown reasons, and it was unfortunate, and you're upset, and you're bruised but not broken, right? I say that all the time. You get you get beat up, but if you if you're not broken, you're still able to do great things. You start sharing that on social media, you start telling people, hey, look, I got fired, I'm available here's what I can do. Here's what I bring to the table. You're uplifting yourself. You got to stay positive. A lot of times, you know, the listeners and the viewers out there, they need to understand people quit early. People, instead of getting bruised, they break and then they fall apart. And then one thing leads to another. And you were like, no, I can't do that. I mean, that that right there is really what separates, in my opinion, great from good. It's not how fast you get up somewhere. It's how fast you get up off, you get knocked down, how fast you get back up Is what's important because we all can move up in a business but when we're tested is when we're knocked down then it's like all right what can i do to you know overcome this so talk about that you're sharing that information on social media and now you're about to come into your own thing what what was that like
1: yeah but everyone needs to know i didn't know i was coming into my own thing i just felt i was unemployed i had always worked for someone else even when i worked for a vc group i was still working for someone else it wasn't my own company So I was thinking I'm unemployed. I'm, I don't know what to do. And I put the post up anyways, a lot of people came to help and froggy from the Elvis Duran show showed up and he said, how can I help you? And one thing I've learned is if someone asks to help you convert that opportunity in the moment, don't wait two, three weeks, two months, because they're going to move on with their life. So I tweeted right back at him, get me on the Elvis Duran show. And he said, Okay. So he got me on one of the largest radio shows in the country a month later. I didn't know what I would say. I felt like this unemployed you know, person. I didn't know what I was gonna do, but I just thought this is a chance to reach more people, which means more opportunity, which means more potential, go. So I went and on the interview, Elvis said to me halfway through, well, obviously you're writing a book. And I said, well, obviously, but I wasn't. And in that moment, his conviction and confidence and he was so certain that I was doing this it literally like translated to me and I took it home with me and I got on the plane and I googled how do you write a book and I saved the papers that I still have them at my house now and it said you have to be disciplined and write x amount of hours a day and I thought I'm unemployed I need to create something to sell cuz I can sell anything I just need a product and so I thought okay a book is my product this is like the universe telling me so I started writing a book, and I banged it out fast. In three months, I had my book done. I hired an editor. We worked together for another two months. I Googled, how do you self-publish? I found a company that could help me do that, and I launched my book in May of 2018.
0: And it's a uh, it's a number one best-selling author right there.
1: Yeah, I, I trumped Trump for number one on the Amazon business biography list. So that was an unbelievable moment to see that this book could do so well, when I didn't even know, is it even legal for me to be an author? I know I'm supposed to be in corporate America and leadership, but can I be an author? That was never my thing. And what I learned from that moment, becoming a best-selling author is that you can take your unique talents anywhere you go, just because people say you're good in sales, or this is your path, you're a lawyer, or this is your CPA. And this is what you're meant to do. That's not real. You can take your unique talents anywhere and blow up all the lanes and be successful in whatever it is you choose to do.
0: Amen to that. I mean that that's really cool. You, you trump trump, which is a which is a great comment right there. You trump trump, and then you're sharing your sales enthusiasm, your energy, your story. You're sharing that the book takes off, and you're exactly right. I I don't know how many times it's like. A, I had several jobs before I opened up my own company and it was like, this is what I have to do. This is what I have to do. And then I opened a company. It was like, I was intimidated. How do I be a CEO? I'm, I'm coaching people and managing people who have college educations. I don't, I'm, I'm still a kid. And you have to learn and overcome that and fail. And you having that feeling on that radio show really jumped in and excited you. It motivated you. I believe there's always signs. And when you see that horse go by, you either let it go by or you jump on. it. it's like you said, I'm jumping on this. This is what I'm doing. This is a sign I've got this. And it took off. I mean, how great is that? That I mean, you don't hear enough stories like that because people are too scared. People don't take that chance.
1: People need to understand. None of this was easy. The entire process. I doubted myself. And four weeks before I launched my book, I decided to release it to my biological family thinking like, okay, I tell the story of growing up poor and I just, you know, I should give them a lip and they're going to support me no matter what in the future. I knew haters would come, but I never thought, right. That this would happen with my family. Four weeks before my book is supposed to launch. I give it the book to my family. My mother stops talking to me. My sister stops talking to me. And it was so interesting looking back on this and I share it because I want other people to know when this happens to you it will it's going to happen right I didn't expect it but I want you to expect it when you try to do something new when you try to innovate and put yourself out there people who love you a lot are going to be scared for you out of the goodness of their heart and they're going to try to pull you back to where they're comfortable and that's about them. It's not about you. And thankfully my brothers and my dad supported me huge. They talked my sister and my mom back into it. But during that time where that was all happening, those four weeks when I was saying, Oh my gosh, I shouldn't do this. I'm upsetting people in my family. I called one person and this was super smart. I called my editor. I had zero books published. He had 19 and I called him. He's someone way ahead of where I want to go. And I said, okay, I'm in trouble. Here's what happened. I explained it. And he said, okay, hey, let me ask you a couple of questions. He said, who did you write the book for? He said, your sister and your mom. I said, no, I wrote the book for people who are in a situation like I was that didn't know how to get back up, that didn't know how to find a way. He goes, okay, so that hasn't changed, has it? I said, no. He said, now, what if you impact some of those people and help change their life? How does that make you feel? I said, that's the whole reason why I wrote the book. He said, okay, so how does any of this change anything, Heather? And I said, did you ever feel like this, writing any of your 19 books? And he said, yes. And I said, did you live? He goes, you're on the phone with me. And that was like, it was just all about like, okay, all right, let's go. Let's go. I had to re-engage with someone who had been through this to understand I'm going to live. It's not going to stay like this. And it worked out.
0: That is so awesome. I mean, that reminds me when I first launched this podcast, I had to tell the story of growing up poor and my parents and brother.
1: They hate it.
0: They didn't like it. This is embarrassing. Why would you, it's an embarrassing moment for them. Like they failed and I had to explain to them and I had to overcome it. I had my wife telling me like, maybe you shouldn't have done that. And I'm like, no, I should do that. Like this is what molded me. This is who I am. I'm not mad at them. I'm just trying to share the story of, look, you had good parents and this is what happens, but you got to overcome things and they got to own it. And you know, I had some conflicts with her family that I shared on there early where they were judging us for living in a trailer and I'm, I shared on there She's like my mom's feelings are I'm like well it happened I don't know what to tell you this needs to teach people like you just said how to overcome these things not be crushed not be broken by everybody on the outside but do it to help people and that's cool that your editor can really relate and get you back focused of saying this book was for other people, not for your mom and your sister. And it's really good that your dad and your brother helped them out to get over. And naturally, it's an embarrassing thing. I try to imagine my kids and be like, really, was it was it that bad for you? When you live in it, you don't realize it. And when you're outside of it, you talk about it. You're like, wow, that was kind of different. Right. You agree?
1: Well, this is so funny. I went on a Dr. Drew show promoting my book when it first came out and he and I were hanging out off air afterwards. And he said, Oh my gosh, it's so funny, Heather, to hear you tell the story about your parents getting pissed off. He goes, guess what? I said, what? He said, my son or my daughter just came out with a book and I'm so annoyed. And I said, you're kidding me. Really? And he said, hang on. He said, let's try this on. So your son grows up, your son's in his early twenties and he decides to write a book about how his mom took her eye off of his childhood to go create and launch her own company. He goes, how do you feel the day that comes out? I'm like, Oh, like, so I got what he was saying. Listen, at different points in our lives, we might feel differently. But in the end, if we're telling a true story about life, I'll have to grin and bear it. And my son might write that book just like Dr. Drew's kid did, right? Like, it, I get it. And they're not, people aren't always going to agree with our decisions. We just have to own them and learn from them and move forward.
0: Yeah, and as long, and you, you said it exactly right. As long, as I don't feel guilty when it's the truth. Yeah, I don't mean to hurt anybody's feelings. This is what happened, I'm sorry, right? I've got siblings I've had some issues with. I'm like, look, I, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I want to share it to help other people. It's not about our relationship or feelings. It is what it is. I took that on. You took that on. And that's a heavy weight. And you're right. It's not easy. It's not easy. I'm excited because I want to write a book soon. So I'm going to be picking your brain on how to do that because I've told I should do it. And I'm a little nervous. I'm like, I don't even, I, I never even took the time really, Heather, to read a book. I started my first audio book, which was Rich Dad, Poor Dad, like, four days ago, because I, I don't have the patience. My ADD kicks in. Now I need to do the book stuff. I got to listen to them. I got to read. I'll read quotes. I'll read some passages here, but I don't, I struggle with the ADD, the whole book thing, but I'm going to have to listen to your book as well because it sounds very motivating.
1: Yeah. But you've got, you've got to do your own book. Like I mentioned to you before, these are the things that we can leave behind long after we're gone from here. And to me, that's, that's really important. That's legacy and legacy as you get older is just Something that is so meaningful, you know, it's about what we're going to leave behind after we're gone. And, And hopefully we leave behind lots of messaging within our children and other people we've touched, but I think it'd be cool too, to leave behind a book.
0: Yeah. Being impactful to people. I mean, you can't buy that. You can make all the money in the world. That doesn't give you the feeling nah. you get when you helped somebody. It's like, wow, I, I made a difference in their life somehow, some way, just a little bit. You can't buy that. That's the best feeling. That's worth all the money in the world.
1: Well, for 20 something years, I made rich people richer in corporate America. And now for the past three years, I help so many people. And guess what? I get thousands of messages. Do you think the people that I made richer and richer were sending me thousands of messages thanking me? Hell no, they didn't. Even, they took it for granted. That's what she does. That's her job. And now it's so wild to just have every day I get messages from amazing people and it makes you feel so good about you know what you're doing in the world.
0: I agree. So what's next on your agenda? You've got the new book coming out. Your son's 13 going through the teen years. Are you excited about that? How's that going on a personal level? How's, how's it raising a 13 year old boy? I My son's 10. I've raised girls through that age and that's crazy, but I haven't done the son yet. How's that going?
1: I think that girls are harder from what I hear from most people. Yeah. So boys are, are great. Boys are not like, yeah, no, boys are great. I love it. I mean, it's hard during the pandemic because He's doing Zoom school and it's very isolating and he plays sports and he can't play sports and we're dealing with real struggle right now. And this is the hardest time he's ever gone through in his life for sure. You know, just like everyone that's isolated right now and can't play sports, can't be with friends, that sucks. I mean, there's nothing to it. So luckily he and I are super close and we get along well, but definitely looking forward to getting out of this window of the coronavirus for sure.
0: Well, you're in South Florida, weather's great, right?
1: Weather is great, but we have not done very well with the pandemic. So it's really been like we're one of those hot areas that they keep shutting things down and then open back up.
0: I have a biased feeling that like December 1st, this is going to go away after the election. It's just my my theory. Sorry, it'll start to tame down a little bit because this is all chaotic. But that's my theory. Let me I ask you so. this. Oh, I, it has to. I mean, I've got two kids that are not allowed to go to school. And I've got one that, that can, so I take them. 'Cause we can't homeschool. He's ten. He's there's no way. He's like, so we take him. And it's been okay. But you know, you're right. Every state is a little different. We don't know what to expect. You know, it's a tough thing. What would you tell the listeners and, and followers out there and your fans as well? in this pandemic, what I've seen the messages that I get sometimes is what can they do to better themselves while they're at home if they're looking for a job or they're looking for a business? I mean, you're inspirational. Your story is, is so touching to, you know, where you recreated yourself. You actually didn't even really recreate yourself. You just put yourself out there and did something different and it took off. And now you're sharing that with everybody else. What would some advice be for some of those folks at home that are struggling wanting to change careers where you changed it and thought you had to do one thing or wanting to get into something uh, like social media, podcasts, books, what would some advice be?
1: Take action. Like, don't just sit around and think about it forever. That's, I can't stand when I, oh, I've been thinking about this plan for a few years. Nothing will happen until you take action. Things aren't going to go perfectly right, but nothing will change if you don't just jump in. So jump in. If you're wanting to get into social, jump in. And then start testing things and see what works and what doesn't work and start analyzing what's happening. Show up as the real you. That's different and unique. Figure out what it is that you love to do, not what people tell you you should do, but what you love to do and start spending more time whenever you can doing those things invest in you. If you've never had a professional headshot, get one for LinkedIn and look at the difference. Spend time working on your profile. Spend time strategizing about how you want to be perceived, what your expertise is. Start applying for opportunities to be interviewed for shows. You know, Put yourself out there and start showing up as a real you and watch how good things start happening. But you've got to take the action steps first.
0: That's right. Action is key on everything. You're, everyone sits in the mud a lot and can't make a decision. They're indecisive. If they just jump. They'll, they'll make moves. Tell me about your business now. The boss of he, in heels. What is that?
1: I actually created a hashtag four years ago called Boss in Heels, and the reason why was because coming up in business, I was told, don't wear your hair down, don't wear a skirt. Don't look too feminine. You know, you if you really want to get ahead, and I was always crystal clear with everyone that I was, you know, I was going to the C suite. Then you need to wear a pantsuit, and you need to, you know, you should wear glasses, and don't wear a lot of makeup. I was always told, "Don't be you," is basically what I was told, and I hated it. But I knew I wanted to get ahead. And so oftentimes in my career, I would default to that. Like, oh, you know, that person's going to be there. I should wear a really conservative blah, blah, blah. I should go in with a book, even though I know exactly what I'm saying. I don't need anything to read off. But I was trying to model against what I saw working around me and what I was told would work for me. That was wrong. The minute I started showing up as a real me, which is for me walking in in a red power dress, which I love with my freaking hair done and feeling like a glamazon, that's when I feel super strong. When I would do that, boom, like I would light up the meeting. I would get everything I was asking for. But when I was trying to be a watered down version of myself, you know, it just wasn't as impactful. It didn't connect as much. It wasn't me. And so I had taken bad advice for a long time. And I decided when I launched my personal brand four years ago, which is a year before I got fired, coincidentally not. So when I did that, I said, let's use the hashtag boss and heels. Reason being I had reached boss status. I was in the C C-suite. I was winning lots of awards, but my point was I'm showing up now as me, not as this watered down version of me. And you can show up as you. And if you is with purple hair and flip-flops and ripped jeans, then rock that. And if you are being the person who has tattoos on your arms, rock that. Like show up as who you are. Don't hide it. Show up and rock it as what makes you different. And the right people will be attracted to you. And just as importantly, the wrong people will be repelled from you, which will make you say, I might be in the wrong place right now. If they're calling me out because they don't like my red dress and I like my red dress and that's actually an issue that they don't want to work with me because of, I'm in the wrong environment and culture. And for a long time, because I didn't act how I really wanted to or show up the way I wanted to, I kind of flew under a radar where I was working with people who couldn't handle how strong I was. And I was meant for more, but I wasn't recognizing it until I decided to show up as the real me. So Boss in Heels is all about show up as you.
0: That is awesome. You know, I'm going through a conflict right now, so I'm here and it's motivating to me. And so I'm humbled a little bit. I've got some tattoos, right? And long story, I did uh, 23andMe.com, found out I have no American Indian in me, but yet I have a tomahawk on my arm. So I told my mom, like, I think your dad lied. So, you know, I had her get tested, same thing. I want to get a bomb ass tattoo. I want a full sleeve, but running a you know a six hundred million dollar company and doing all this is going to be judgment. And I'm on all the TV commercials for us and all that jazz, and I'm sitting here like debating like, is that the right thing to do? And I'm going to be like, fuck it, I'm doing it. So I'm going to light it up. I'm going to put the tats I want, the full sleeve, have the uh, the um, the queens for the for my daughters. So I'm going to get three queen cards and a king for my son, and call it a wrap. Because I I hear what you're saying. You know what? That that's the deal. I I can't be scared to get the tattoo because they think make up that shit if they need to for TV, right? I,
1: but I don't even think, don't make it up. Like, that's my point is that- Well, I would either,
0: but if they're like on that for the commercial, whatever they need, it, I just don't want to, I want to do it. And I was like, ah, I'm getting some pushback and I'm like, I want to do it. But you've inspired me to say, fuck it, I'm going to do it.
1: Listen to the one voice that matters and that is your own. And the more you do that, the more the right people will be drawn to you and the wrong people will be propelled and things will come together for you 100%.
0: That's awesome. Well, congrats to you, Heather. I think you've done great. I can't wait to keep following you and definitely check out your book. You have it on audio as well, right?
1: I do. And I narrated it. And it's so funny, my new um, working with HarperCollins leadership, they said to me, oh, Heather, you can audition to narrate your book. I said, wait a minute, audition. I have to, It's my story. They said, yes, but we have professional people that do this for a living. They're experts in this. And I said, right, but it's me and I care and I can, like, I can rock it. And they said, well, you can try out. So I'll be auditioning to see if I can get the Audible in my new one too.
0: <laughs> You're going to get it. It's your choice. I, I love that though. I, I think that's awesome that you can go in there and just to rock it out and be you and share your uh, information. Where can everyone follow you? Where can they be a fan? Where can they get your book?
1: Yeah. So my website is heathermonahan.com. I'm on all social media at Heather Monaghan. My podcast is Creating Confidence with Heather Monahan, And my book is Confidence Creator.
0: I love it. Confidence is so key in life. I always say someone could be a six or seven, but if they have confidence, they go up two points. You agree? Okay. It's a game changer.
1: Absolutely. Game changer. There's a million beautiful women in the world. I live in Miami, the land of the most beautiful people. And I will tell you when someone walks into a room and rocks confidence, all heads turn. And it doesn't matter what age you are or what your dress looks like. You can just feel it. And we all know that person that you say on paper, I wouldn't think they would be that you know, they wouldn't pull people in, but confidence is that difference maker.
0: I agree. I agree. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. Uh, Hopefully I can get on your show soon and folks can follow you. That's a wrap here on true underdog. Bam. And that concludes another episode here on True Underdog. If you're interested in hearing more, make sure you subscribe at iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or the YouTube channel. You can always visit trueunderdog.com. Subscribe to all of them. Make sure you check out our newest episodes coming out on Mondays and Thursdays. True Underdog, baby. Bam. A. M. A. M. A. M. True Underdog. Damn, bam.